0: Last week, we uh, started just a kind of a two-week series. Um, it kind of runs up to Mother's Day. Next week is Mother's Day, and so uh, we're looking forward to Mother's Day. Um, it's going to be just a, a great time. Um, we've got some really cool stuff that we're going to be doing for the moms. We've got a brunch that is going to happen at 10 a.m., and so what we'd love for you, your moms to do is, is, is to come eat, eat that brunch. The men are going to be serving. Um, they're not cooking and it's going to be in the uh, over at the pavilion uh, so uh, that's at 10 o'clock if you will just go to the church Center app and uh, let us know that you're coming that way we can just have a number that we can prepare for for that uh, but we'll also have something extra special as all the all the ladies walk out uh, on Sun next Sunday morning uh, we'll have some other cool stuff ready uh, for you as well so we're looking forward to, to next week it's gonna be a great day so you uh, Definitely uh, bring your mom, borrow a mom, bring, bring the neighbor's mom. We want you to just be here. Um, if you got your Bible, let's go to the book of Ruth. Ruth chapter 1 is where we're going now. We started this, uh, just this little two-part series last week called Just Don't Be Yourself. Now, I know that you have probably been given that advice of just be yourself before, and maybe you have given Somebody the advice. I know I have been given that advice. I have given that advice, and so this is a little bit different take on that. Uh, just don't be yourself, because what we talked about last week, um, and uh, we talked about just taking personality assessments. Anybody ever taken a personality assessment? You kind of know what your letters are. You know that you know what your personality assessment says, and and so we know that there are things about us that are great, right? And those are the things we like for people to see and we like to tell people. Then there may be some things about us that aren't so great, right? Uh, and that's when we say, if we're just going to be ourself, what, what part of ourself are we just needing, needing to be? Is that the selfish side of ourself? Is that the lazy part of ourself? Obviously, that's not what we're talking about. And so we can't say in all, all cases, just be yourself, because sometimes who we are, it isn't just isn't great, and so this is what this is about. Just don't be yourself, um, and in these assessments, we've talked about they are great ways, they are great tools to help have some self-discovery, but this was a point we made last week. Awareness is not an excuse to stay the same way. Awareness is not an excuse to stay the same way, and so when you take these personality tests and you say, hey, yeah, this is great, this this maybe not so great, And so these are tools to help us have self-discovery, but it's not an excuse to say, well, this is just the way I am, so that's just the way I'm always going to be, and that's it. Um, There is room for movement. We talked about that last week. This morning, we want to follow up with kind of part two in this, and I just want to ask this question, how how much have you changed in the last 10 years? (laughs) How much have you changed in the last 10 years? Right, uh, s- some of us we we you know yes yes you know we we've changed quite a bit uh, you know and and on varying scales uh, you know you may look different you may feel different you may have gotten married you may have had kids uh, since then graduated college all these kind of things there may be so many different things that have happened and just ask yourself how much have you changed in the past ten years. Um, and just ask yourself this question: How much will you change over the next ten years? And not just physically, you know, not just not just physically. You say, so, so "Well, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little pudgier, maybe less hair." You know, for me personally, that's that's kind of where it's tr- trending a little bit. Um, uh, maybe 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 ten years from now, I'm just gonna be svelte. You know, is that a word? I don't know if that's a word. I think it's a word. It sounds good anyways, I want to be that in ten years, uh, whatever it is. so in ten years, how are you going to change uh, you 're different from ten years uh, you know ten years past to ten years now. How much have, has it you changed, and how much are you going to change there 's a guy by the name of Daniel Gilbert. Daniel Gilbert is a professor at Harvard, and uh, Daniel Gil- Gilbert and a group of Harvard researchers did a study on how much people changed in a 10-year period and how they perceived that changed. Uh, that change. I think I have a picture of him. Uh, this study is called, this study was called The End of History Illusion. The End of History Illusion. Um, and I'll explain why that is. Uh, and so they, they just ask about, um, I think it was 19,000 people 19,000 people uh, about how they've changed in 10 years. And these people, what they said was a lot of things changed. What changed in 10 years was they had uh, new friends, they had new hobbies, uh, they had new interests, they might have had new beliefs, some of them had new political stances, and so uh, there was a lot of change over a 10-year period of time. And people of all ages can clearly see how they changed and matured over the past decade. But both younger and older people underestimated the amount of change that would take place over the next 10-year period. That's what they found, that, that we can look and see how much we changed from the past 10 years, but we underestimate how much change will take place going forward. And what they said was this. It said, according to their their research, which involved more than 19,000 people uh, ages 18 to 68, the illusion persists from teenage years into retirement. We believe this is the final version of us, hence the title, The End of History. This is us. This is the best we are, right? So we get to a certain spot. It's like, yep, this is it, right? This is, I don't think I'm going to change very much in the next 10 years, uh, which we tend to underestimate how much we're going to change. And so we feel that this is the final version of us, and that's why they call this the end of history illusion. Um, and this is what Dan, Dan Gilbert, this is a quote Dan Gilbert from, from him. He says, Human beings are works in progress that mistakenly think they are finished. The person you are right now is as transient and fleeting and temporary as all the people you have ever been uh, isn't that interesting isn't that interesting to think you know well, I know how I've changed in the past ten years, and especially the older we get, we think oh, there's not much change left for me right uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to change much, but they they say we underestimate how we change and and that you know research search shows that is true for teenagers all the way to retirement, and so Um, Research found that there are two factors that contributed to the most change, two things that contributed to the most change in people's life, and the first one was this, it was the people around you. The people around you are a huge factor in the way that you change, whether that's for the good or for the bad, right? Right? We know this this is not rocket science, right We all get this. We understand that if we uh, hang out with a bad influence, we have the tendency to pick up on bad influences correct um, and that when we have people that are around us that encourage us that try to help sharpen us and make us better people uh, that we have a tendency to skew toward the better version of us and so what does that look like and so one of those factors is the people around you are a huge factor in uh, helping kind of dictate what that change is going to look like moving forward in the next 10 years. Uh, the, the other thing was this, is the circumstances forced on you. So the people who are around you and the circumstances forced on you are those things that contribute the most to the amount of change in your life. See, there there are people that we hang out with that, man, that, yeah, they, they, they have an influence on us, but there's also circumstances. How many of you look back and you can see circumstances that you didn't really ask for that changed your life? Right? We all know that. We understand that. We understand that um, what a death in the family can do. We understand what um, a bad diagnosis at w- from the doctor uh, can be. We understand that job loss can really change things, and so all these things are circumstances that can be forced upon us. Things that we didn't really ask for, and so the people around us and the circumstances that are forced upon us are two factors, two of the most um, contributing factors that that uh, force change in our life. Now, that's where I want us to go to the book of Ruth. Because I think Ruth has speaks to this, um, you know we we don't have to we don't have to uh, just look at Harvard research. Actually, the Bible speaks to this about change in our lives and what we can do with change in our lives. Whether we look back at the last ten years or we're looking at the next ten years, and so I want us to go. Let's go to Ruth chapter one. Ruth chapter one, beginning in verse one. It says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem of Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons, and the name of this man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his sons were Malon and Chilion. And they were Ephaphrodites from Bethlehem in Judah, and they were in the country of Moab, and remained there. And Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. And she was left with her two sons. They took Moabite wives. And the name of one was Orpah. And the name of the other was Ruth. Ruth, And they lived there about ten years. And both Malon and Chilion died so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Anybody? So that's a lot of change. That's a lot of change in ten years. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people, the people of Israel, the people of Judah, and given them food, so that she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go and return, each one of you, to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. And the Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return to you and your people. But Naomi said, said, Turn back, my daughters, Uh, why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb, that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, and go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they are grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter for me for your sake, that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And when they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, and Ruth uh, clung to her. In verse 15, that's what we pick up. And she said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people. uh, Naomi is talking to Ruth. She says, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. And your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And therefore, I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me. And even more, if anything but death parts me from you. I think this is, this is an amazing, amazing story. And in, in verse 18 it says, And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. I think this is an amazing story of uh, change, right? I mean, there's a lot of change in these passages. There's a lot of change that Ruth and Naomi are dealing with. And I, I love what Ruth does here when she sees all this change coming see ruth knew change was coming she could look and see that when her father-in-law had died and then then these two uh these two sons of naomi have died that things had to change i mean because they they could not fend for themselves at this time um you really needed a family especially if you're a woman you needed a family you needed uh those those male heirs really to kind of help provide uh because society at that time was not set up for women to really just kind of fend on their own and and it could really drive you down uh into poverty and so ruth sees that there's so much change that is coming and there are only two times that people want to change or there's only two times that people change uh when they have to and when they want to. Those are the only two times that people change. When they have to and when they want to. And, and a lot of the time it's when we have to change. That's when we change. We, we look and we can see. Ruth and Naomi see that there is change here and things have to change. They have to change where they're living. They have to change how they're going about their business. They have to change uh, their status in life. They have to change things. And so Ruth chose what her change would look like. And see, that's what I love. Ruth made a choice. She had options, whereas it seemed like Naomi had no options except just to go back home. I've lost everything. Uh, She even says at at one place, she says, call me Mara because I'm bitter. Uh, I, I I I am just this person who I've lost everything. But Ruth She had options. She had more options than than Naomi. And Ruth makes a choice. Ruth chose what her change would look like. And that's the thing I need you to get today, is that whatever you're forced into, whatever that looks like, sometimes it it is change that you didn't ask for. Sometimes there are circumstances you did not ask for. You get a choice in your change, though. You get a choice, maybe not in everything that is happening, but you get a choice in how you're going to respond to it. You get a choice in how you're going to react to the change. And that's what Ruth did. She made a choice in what was happening in her life. She made a choice about what that change was going to look like for her. You get a choice in your change. John Maxwell, um, he's a... He's a a pastor and a leadership guru. This is what John Maxwell says. He says, improvement doesn't happen in a day, but, but it must be daily. See, there are choices we get to make. There are things that we have to choose on a daily basis, and it may be, you know what? I didn't ask for this thing to happen to me, but today I get a choice in how I'm going to respond to it. I, did, I didn't choose for this to happen to me, but I get a choice in how I'm going to respond to it. I get a choice in who I'm going to surround myself with. I get a choice with what I am going to listen to, whether it be negativity or whether somebody is going to encourage me, someone's going to edify me, somebody's going to build me up. I get a choice in what I allow in. I get a choice in what I allow to let my mind meditate on. I get a choice in what I allow to put in my spirit. I get a choice in what I read. I get a choice in what I view on social media. I get a choice. See, you get a choice in how you respond to your circumstances. It may not be that you can change all your circumstances, but you do get a choice in those circumstances. And Ruth got a choice in her circumstances. Ruth got a choice in what she was going to do. See, I read this uh, yesterday, and I, I loved it, and I, I thought I would just share it with you. Someone, uh, There's another pastor, he said this. He says, act on, act on what you can control and trust God with what you can't. What did she do? What did Ruth do? She acted on what she could control. She could either go back with her sister-in-law, go back to, to Moab, go back to the foreign gods. But I got to think and I am so glad that she did, because maybe you don't know this Ruth becomes the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother of Jesus Christ. I am so glad that she made a choice of who she was going to surround herself with. Because she said, there's something here. There's something about Naomi. There's something about their faith. There's something about Naomi that I, I want to be where she's at. And she says that. She says, where you go, I'm going to go. Where you die, I'm going to die. And your God is going to be my God. And so I am making a choice that I am not going back to the place that I was. I am going with you. Whatever that looks like, I'm making a choice. And, and today we get a choice. Today, you get a choice. There are things that you can act on. There are things that you can do. There are responses that you can have, and that's, that's we need to. We need to act in such a way where if there are things that we can, we can control and things that we can do, yeah, absolutely. The things that I listen to, the things that I read, the things that I, people that I surround myself with, I get a, I get a choice in that. So act on what you can control. But then there's other things I can't control. I wish I could control them. I wish I could control so many things in my life. I wish I could control the sand gnats here in Richmond Hill. Come on, somebody! If I could pray them away, I would. You know, and I have tried. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. I promise. I'm working on that. You know, if it happens, we're gonna praise God. We're gonna have a celebration, right? See, we act on what we can control, but what we can't control, I'm gonna trust God. God, I can't control that, so I'm going to trust you. God, I can't control what somebody else does, but I'm going to trust you. God, I can't control, you know, what maybe the doctor says to me, but I'm going to trust you. God, I can't control a lot of things in this life. So with those things, I'm going to put them in your hands. See, you get a chance. Choose your change. Choose your change. I'm going to choose, God, what do you want? God, what do you want out of my life? That's what I want to choose. So that might be how you need to pray. God, what does my change need to look like? It may need to look like, hey, this is, this, is, uh, this is a door that's opening up for you. Walk through it. It may be that, hey, there's doors that are closing. And you know what? You don't need to go that way. And That's okay. It's all right. Sometimes doors open and sometimes doors shut. But we've got to trust God with whatever he brings. And so when there are things that I can act on, I'm going to try to control it. I'm going to try to do what I can and and work in that and make good decisions and make good choices. But then everything else, I'm going to trust God with it. I'm going to ask Pastor Tran if he'll come and play. The ways you let in will be the ways you get set in. The ways you let in will be the ways you get set in. So choose wisely, right? make good choices, those ways that you let in, those people that you surround yourself with, those are going to be ways that, all right, man, you pick up on that. That may be that may be the trajectory that you set for your life. That may be the path that you set for your life. That may be the direction that you set for your life because I have surrounded myself with this. So who is that? Who are those people? Are those people who are ones who are encouraging you or those people who are one that tear you, tear you down? Are those people who are, you know what, throwing gasoline on that spiritual fire uh, that God has has set in your heart? Are they trying to pour water on it, right? What are you surrounding yourself with? Who is that that you're listening to? And the circumstances, yep, there may be things you can't change, but there are also responses that you can take to say, I'm not going to get upset, I'm not going to get bitter, I'm not going to get angry. I'm, I'm not going to be that way. I, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to praise. I'm going to surround myself with, with good, godly people that will encourage me. And I'm going to believe God's best for my life, even though right now it may be difficult. See, I think that's what Ruth did. I really believe that's what Ruth did. She set her trajectory of her life. She said, you know what? Everything is changing around me, but I get some choice in my change. I get some choice about this. And so I'm going to choose where I'm going to be. I'm going to choose, choose who I'm going to follow. I'm um, going to choose who I'm going to let my life be surrounded by. And I'm going to choose, she got a choice on the God that she chose to listen to. See you can you can you can choose to rebel against God. You can choose to block God out if you want. to. But for me, what I found is God's got nothing but good for me wants nothing but good for me and and i believe that that and the last thing that i told you last week was jesus wants better for us than what we want for ourselves sometimes i believe that i believe that sometimes that what i think i want is not really what i want sometimes there are things i think that i've wanted and and i've gone after them only to realize ooh, that's not good anybody ever been there so I believe that what God wants for me is much, much better than a lot of times what I want for myself. And I think that Ruth, she sees that and she saw that Naomi and she said, where you go, I'm going to go. Where you lodge, I'm going to lodge. Your God will be my God. She chose her change. You get a chance to choose your change. Stand with me this morning. I'm going to ask them to come sing this song. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to pray for you here in a second.